Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast. I'm funny enough, our first episode of the year. I'm all delighted with you again. I'm joined by a show regular, Ross. How are you? I'm good, Stephen. How's yourself? I'm all good, all good. Usually, my deadly duo partner is Fanny, but we'll go with Penn and Teller here, won't we? So, well. <laughs> I will look at the right sizes, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit of magic sprinkled onto the show. But before we get cracked into it, I'm hearing there's a wee guest that wants to pop on to say hello to her friend. Oh, aye, she's absolutely desperate. Uh, she wants to be a wee YouTube star. So we'll stick her on the now. Put <laughs> <Get> her on. <laughs> Hiya. Hello, Jessica. How are you? I'm good. Are you Hi, Emily. <laughs> yeah. Are you going for a sleepover in your friend's house? Yeah. Yeah, you looking forward to it? Yeah. I think I think Jessica you're better than your daddy at this because you agree with me a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you and Emily have a smash and sleepover and have a good time. Hello. Hello. Enjoy it. <laughs> you gonna put your daddy back on? Yeah. Good. <laughs> right. Okay. <clears throat> Close the door then. Right. Good night. Yeah. I tell you something. She laughed and I said, "I think you're better than your daddy because you agree with me a lot more." Because she kept going, "Yeah," and she started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she thinks she's better. Than, she does a good impression of me. She does. You, you've shared a few in the group chat. She, she has you down there, <laughs> down there, tight. But as I said, I hope her and Hamley have a crack of sleepover and big, big shout out to them. But we'll crack on the our business for us and that's Celtic Football Club. Yep. January and obviously this is our first show we've released our Chase special with Down a Treat the Ross McCullough review <laughs> our, our rewind we've done with the Celtic City Men guys for their charity weekender and now it's under the real stuff and into the important thing the things the transfer windows open Ross and before we get into it it's great to see business done early isn't it? Aye it definitely is it's, it makes a a nice change uh, for what we usually do and I've said it numerous times that January is a hard month to get things done. Uh, certainly, certainly players that you're going to add to the the starting eleven. But I think it's been well documented that Postacoglu has been like looking at these guys since the summer that they've been in the pipeline. So it was no surprise to me that they were done early. I mean, how early was a surprise, but uh, they were done even more early than I expected. Let's say that, but. Um, I just can't wait to see them get going. And any reports I've heard eh, have, have all been good coming for like the training. And a couple of guys that I know have are sort of no Celtic a bit. They're a bit no guys in and around the place have said that like they've heard that eh, Maeda's off the charts at times. So I just can't wait to, to see him in a Celtic jersey in a competitive match. I think one of his um, ex-coaches described him as a freak of nature, like of a human being that in the top level kind of sprinting, he's up there in the world game. And just to mm-hmm. see him in, in, in the flesh, I know we're playing hymns here on the 17th, will be absolutely fantastic. But one <laughs> thing, you, you're right to allude to, like Celtic have a habit of doing business in January very early on, whether it be loan deals for English players who aren't getting the game towards the end of the January window, bring them in, use the emergencies, Diamante Kamara, them types of guys. But one thing Ange Postecoglou did say 
in the summer and he wasn't forceful enough getting his point across, but he's been definitely forceful here, hasn't he? Aye. Um, uh, I mean, you've got to sort of credit the new CEO. That's very difficult to say that. Um, you've got to credit him. He seems to be batting him at the moment to the best he's about. It's, it looks for the outside look, you know, for the outside looking in that what Ange is asking for, he's getting at the moment. I know it's not a massive outlay of money with these three guys, but it could be great value for money. Um, I've not really, I can't really say a bad word about. Is it Michael Nicholson? Michael Nicholson. Can't even yeah. mind his name. Never mind say a bad word about him. But um, <laughs> aye, he's he seems to be doing a good job so far, and you, you, you can't complain about him. Uh, my only thing is. It's maybe the slight cynic in me, and I don't like to be cynical, but... You don't like to be cynical? I, I, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, like, I'm worried that, obviously, at the minute, he seems to be getting back to Ange, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's... The cynic in me is thinking, is it partly because they've got absolute no choice but to back him because the squad is so threadbare? And once they've sort of built a squad, are they then going to do what they normally do and revert back to tight and resting their laurels uh, once I'm not saying they're definitely going to win the league this year but will they rest on their laurels again and no keep adding to the squad because if they do rest on their laurels I don't think Ange will hang around no so I think he's that's made the that, only worry he's made that perfectly clear I, I do understand where you're coming from obviously when we touch on Michael Nicholson later on the show we'll get into all that in depth but to touch upon the, the Japanese players that came in early on, even before the, the transfer window even opened, Ross, these players were signed. They were in Glasgow, apart from Hatate, but Irigichi and Mieda were already in Glasgow before, I think it was the 1st of January, getting their pictures taken and all that kind of thing. Who's exciting you the most? I know you said Mieda. Is it just, just what you've heard about him, the speed, his, his finishing, his, the way he gets on on the pitch? Uh, well, I mean... It's like it's that old thing. Like you look at YouTube reels and stuff, and everybody looks. Everybody can look good in a YouTube reel. We've all, we've all said it. We all know it. But any videos I've seen of him, you, you can see guys and you see YouTube reels and there are a couple of good finishes in there. But it's no just the finishing. He's got the finishing. You can see there's finishes there, but the the speed and the strength at times. He winning the ball back. That's on the reels as well. He's just he just looks the real deal. He looks very, very similar to Kyogo, mm-hmm. but a stronger player. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Kyogo, but all the, all the signs are there. All the signs are there. <laughs> and the and the reels that you've seen that he is right up there with him and it's very he excites me the most. Uh, the other two, um, what are they called again? Edigucci and uh, what's the other Atate. one? Hatate. So, so what one is what one's the midfielder? Well, Edigucci. they're both midfielders. Like, oh, they're we, both had midfielders. Arg- we had this argument. We had this argument with um, right, John. Remember, uh-huh. he aye. had Hatate aye. down as a left back, and he kind of got stroked a cracker when um, Postecoglou said he's a number ten type player. That's so right, they're both midfielders. <laughs> like, so well, I mean, I, I don't. I've not seen as much of them. I've not watched as much reels of them, but Maeda excites me the most. I think he's the one of the three that you'd probably be looking to go more or less straight into the team. Uh, the other two, I think they'll be eased in, but 
it, it bolsters the squad and it gives us more options. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that in the second half of the season we've got up to speed with the training methods and that and everybody's bodies start getting used to it and start standing up to what's being asked to them. Uh, and we don't get as many injuries in the second half of the season. But if we do get some injuries, the, the squad is a bit stronger. It definitely is. And touching upon Mere again, now most of his games, I think he played off the last for um, his old club, Yokohomo Morano's the Posta Koglu. He managed him as well. Do you reckon this is a case of Mere on the left, Kogo through the middle, and Jada on the right? Um, well, uh, on paper, aye, that sounds how it sounds probably would quite go. Exciting. Aye. But I think, I think it'll no be like. I think that could be the front three, but I think it might not be as sort of rigid a front three. I think they'll alternate. Oh, yeah, they'll move. Because yeah. uh, I think Jota can, go in, uh, Jota can play in the right, can play in the left. I think Maeda and Kyogo can both go through the middle. They can both play wide. So I think they'll, they'll interchange throughout the match and it'll bamboozle defences. Uh, and it'll not be a rigid front three, but... I think it'll be a potent front three that's going to cause a lot of damage in the second half of the season. It's it's quite exciting, isn't it? it especially it's very exciting. Like, Mieda, like he was linked, I think it was from early on, around about November. <laughs> I kind of started gathering traction that he was coming the same with Hatate. And just to build up to getting these players in, this, the Celtic social media team did a fantastic job, that wee teaser video and all. They're, mm. they're getting on the ball as well in terms of what the fans, kind of the, the content they want to see. And one thing I noticed about Mieda, even like when he's playing, and I think you're right to allude to, he looks stronger, more physical than Kyogo. He looks like he can hold the sprint longer. I think he and in the, the list of top ten sprints in the J League, he's eight of them. So that type of player would be key to Postecoglou's style, wouldn't it? Especially oh, the injury right. types of things. He seems like a player who wouldn't be sub- susceptible to them hamstring injuries. Touchwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't you can't guarantee that, but if he plays with it. Like we've said, he looks like the same sort of style of player as Kyogo. If he plays with that same energy and stuff, if Kyogo needs a break, then you're not losing in the team as such the way we want to play. Whereas in the first half of the season, if Kyogo was at the team, it totally changed the, the full makeup of the, the starting 11, the way we played, the way we pressed for the front, the way we put teams under pressure. So hopefully, if Kyogo comes out of the team or Maeda comes out the team, then you're still going to have one or the or both in the team, hopefully, and you're not going to lose the the way we want to play. So that that adds to it as well. I'm I'm trying to really trying to curb my excitement because you you just don't want to fall flat in your face. I, I want to see the guy playing first, but it's very difficult not to get excited when you you look at his reels compared to. Like other reels that you've watched are no that Celtic players that Celtic have brought in recently are no anywhere near as good as the reels he's got. It's it's just it excites me so much and I, I can't wait to see him play for us. I think out of all the kind of highlight reels I've watched, he's probably the most exciting in terms of mm-hmm. signings. But I mean most of <coughs> most of the media in Japan, like the, the sports kind of people over there are kind of covering the Hatate one quite closely. He seems to be the most highly rated coming from the J League champions. I think it was Kawasaki Frontier or something like I'm probably getting that totally wrong, Ross, but it's it's definitely that kind of name anyway. But mm. they're all saying he's the guy with a bright future, could earn something a, a shared load of money if if he kind of beds in quickly. 
And yes, he played left back, but he's more of a centre attacking midfielder, according to Postal Cogna. He would know him obviously better than any of us. But him coming in, I've watched his kind of YouTube stuff, I've watched him in interviews as well. And he said in one of his interviews joining Celtic that his kind of previous kind of silverware he won with his old club isn't in his head no more. He just wants to focus on winning with Celtic. And them types of players, that kind of attitude is what we need. And do you think it's in the midfield, we're looking at it now, it could be McGregor, Hatate, and Rodzic. I don't, me personally, I don't see much more games for Rodgers and Turnbull going to play together. Um, it's difficult to say. I don't know the, exactly the type of player he is. I don't know personally. I don't know enough about him to, to know how he's going to fit into the team. Uh, but I think... I don't think you'll... I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I don't think you'll see him in the starting 11 on Monday night. Uh, but saying that, Turnbull won't be fit, so... You never know. I think, it, I he could be, be impressed. Uh, he could be because Turnbull's no fit. It might be but McGregor, Rogic and Hatate. Hatate, yeah. Uh, it could be. Uh, that's, that's quite exciting. Get your, well, get your is, it, you certainly get to see two of the, the, the Japanese guys out of the three, hopefully on Monday night. Uh, I, I think even if he doesn't start, I think he'll come off the bench at some point. Uh, so I just can't wait for the season to get up and running again. It's I've, I, you, you just miss it, don't you? Oh, it's been it's been such a drag, Ross. I, I know we did some good content over the the Christmas period. I mean, the Chase episode was fantastic. Everyone got involved with it, and we released the Ross McCall stuff. But see, getting down to talking about Celtic and knowing they're going to be playing again in front of a food crowd—that's what it's all about for me. Do you know what I mean? That that winter break. Yes, it was it was obviously the right idea by the. It was ten member clubs in the twelve that voted to bring it forward. Fair play to them for getting that done. So I mean, you know, you know what I mean when I say that. But it's what what was needed. I mean, fans need to be in football stadiums. And Pastor Cogdu said it perfectly. He said the fans are they're not a separate identity from football. They're they're supporting the club. They need to be there. And that's the way it should always be. But one another one of the Japanese players is, is Urugichi. Now he's had previous experience in Britain with Leeds. He was alone in Germany. Didn't work out. He got a, a bad ACL injury, I believe. But I mean, I listened to one of the other podcasts, and they had a, an expert on from Japan, and he said if he's on his on his day, he can be unplayable from that centre defensive midfield position. So, again, it's another exciting signing, another unknown quantity, isn't it? Aye, aye, and it seems to be another forward-thinking player. Uh, yep, he's he's certainly going. He's aye, he, he's he's going top heavy. Let's say uh, mm-hmm. the the. The front three and the middle three are. He's got a lot of options there now. I feel you look at the front three, like you've got obviously the three we've spoke about. Then you've got Abada, Forrest, eh, Mikey Johnston, who I'm not his biggest fan, but as you know, but I mean it's still in our three options. Eh, and then the midfield, we've got Beaton can come in. You've got McCarthy, mm-hmm. so. There is depth. You're starting to see a bit of depth there. I'm not saying that McCarthy has set the light, uh, the heather on fire, but he's he's still there. He can do a job uh, in the middle of the park for us and uh, domestic. And then you've got the two guys that have came in as well. So we've certainly got a lot of options. And then even like the defence, you've got Juranovic can play left back. You've got... um, uh, what do you call him? This new Japanese guy, Hitati, he can come in there. Hitati, play left back. Uh, yeah. uh, you've got Taylor. Uh, you've got Scales can play there. A lot of options there. 
on the right you've got Ralston and Juranovic. You've got what Welsh, Carter Vickers, Starfield, Big Julian's coming back. Yep. So I mean, I think we've got like the makings of a, a good squad. That's it's going to be enough, uh, enough bodies in there for to help us with this title tilt. And I, th- I think we've got every chance. And I just can't wait to get back into it and get to the second of January, second uh, of February, and just really have a right good go and hope I don't actually do you know I don't actually know the situation with international co-ops and stuff if we're going to have a full quota to pick for or if there's going to be guys away going by your man I think it's Dan Orwellitz Orwellitz the the Japanese kind Uh of person who does the football he said that Kyogo's nailed on to be called up Hatate is about 70% um, Mieta's about 50% to be called up and then Irrigate there's no chance he's being called up so we'll at least have one of them do you know what I mean? So aye, there, there's aye. one player, Rodzik, he'll be away, definitely with Australia. I mean, Postacoglu, did, he did say in one of his press conferences recently, he's planning that fixture without them players. So that kind of points to the signals that we're all thinking, isn't it? That's 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 worrying. That, that's going to be another... Uh, well, Rangers might have a couple of players away as well, but I think the only one that they'll probably miss properly is Aribo. But that's going to be another Glasgow derby where they're probably going to face a Celtic not at full strength. Yep. We just need to get a result in that game, hopefully. I, that, I didn't realise that that was the, the situation there. I was hoping beyond hope that nobody was going to be going away. I thought I'd heard something about the guys, it was only guys that played in the J-League that were that, going to be that's called for, That's for friendly games during the month of January. It's only right. domestic-based players. Right, but the right. rules change when it goes to, it's World Cup qualifiers to say in February, so they're important mm. fixtures for Japan. But, I mean, <clears throat> looking at, you, you mentioned players on, on the comeback trail. We'll, we'll be like new signings. James Forrest, first one to note. But the big one, I think anyway, is Christopher Julian. I think him coming back, him up to full fitness. And this is not passion on Starfelt. It really isn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, lamp, I, I did give him grief at the start. Yes, I thought he wasn't good enough. I thought he, he was literally mistakes everywhere, giving the ball away in simple situations. But gradually, he came on the game, was playing really well there towards the end of the year. Had another few iffy games, but that's fair enough. I just think Julian and Carter Vickers could be a solid centre-defensive partnership, couldn't they? Uh, yeah, I, I have to totally agree with that. I think he's not going to come in straight away and just go into the team on Monday night. I, I just can't see that. I think he played uh, in a... Can he bounce game last night uh, at, at Airdrie Stadium, I think it was. That next time? Uh, oh, was it? I thought it was it. I know it was. I I sorry, it was. Um, but I, he's played in that. I, I, I don't see him going straight into the, the team for the Hibs game. But I think going forward, I think that that could be our best partnership. Uh, I just think when he was partnering Ayer, at the start of last season, we were screaming out for a, a ball-winning centre-half, and we got one in Duffy. For whatever reason, it didn't work. It just nothing worked last year. We're, we're awfully aware of that. We'll not go over it again. But I just think Cameron Carter-Vickers is a great foil for for him. And I think having him in the team benefits as well. Cause like games like Livingston game or the St Mirren game where we drop points, He's dangerous in the box. He can get you a goal. Uh, I just think that's that's a big 
option for us if he's playing as well. So for me, I fit Julian. I would play him before Starfield, and yeah. at the moment I would pick Stephen Welsh before Starfield as well. Ooh, that's uh, a big shout, really. I would. Oh, I, I would. I definitely. Ooh, I don't even. It's not even up for discussion for me. So do you, do you not rate Starfield though? It's not that I don't rate him. I think he's he started to get he started to come onto a game a wee bit, but he's he's going through a, a bit of a moment again. And there's always moments in games mm-hmm. where it's dodgy. He, he either causes a goal or nearly causes a goal. Stephen Welsh has come in. He came in at a a, a time when the Celtic team was in disarray. And I, I, he barely put a foot wrong. I don't think he makes a mistake in, a, in the match where you go, oh my God, I can't believe he's just done that. Yeah. He's just steady. I, I think Starfield is more susceptible to mistakes. And for me, I, I would play Stephen Welsh before him. I, I just think he, he's playing me a bit more confidence. He looks steadier. And I think that alongside Carter Vickers, he helps him through the game. Uh, and I just think he looks at... He's not like a better defender. He just looks more reliable than now. I don't think he's a better player. I just think mm. he's you can rely on him more at the moment. But then if you take Starfield out of the team, it's going to knock his confidence. And is he going to recover for that? Yeah. It's up to Ange. But it's, it's a bit, for me, it's a big shout there, Ross. It's a, it's a big shout. Maybe not a lot of guys will agree with that. <laughs> I'd be interested to see what people would say in the comments on YouTube anyway to see if they agree with that. Because mm-hmm. I thought Starfield up until... The last sort of two games he played, he's been playing at a decent level. I know what you mean. There's always these moments where he makes these rash decisions, gives away a penalty kick here and there, and they all go. But Welsh again, another cracking young player, and I'm glad Sally didn't let him go. I know Udinese they put a bid in for him. I'm glad that they put that out straight away. So a young prospect for the future, who I personally believe like that last six months this season, next season he'd probably be becoming a regular starter more and more and more. So <coughs> it'd be good to see, but. Another signing that came in was Kenny from uh, mm-hmm. Sligo Rovers, which another people thought he was for the B team, but it looks like Postal Cognu's basically confirmed he'll be challenging for the first team positions with Kyogo, the strikers. Young guy, what I've heard about him, people comparing him to the likes of Michael Owen with the pace getting behind, striking the ball well, good clean finish. By all prospects, a project player, but maybe at a push could do a job. Um. I think he probably will be a project player, certainly. I think he'll play a bit part role, eh, mm-hmm. certainly the second half of this season. Just He'll be in and around the, the first-team squad, I've no doubt about that, but um, I think you'll maybe see him coming in and like the Scottish Cup game against... Is it, I can't even mind who we're playing. Is it Aloha or something? That is Aloha. That is Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> I, he might come in for that. Eh, and he come into games, if the game's won, he might get a wee run out. I, I don't think he's going to be playing for the start anytime soon, but by all accounts, a good prospect, another guy for the future. But how many guys have we signed like this and then they've been for the future and then they just disappear and then they end up elsewhere? I mean, look at Liam Shaw. He's away to Motherwell. But I think that, I'm that not saying he, he won't. Oh, that, absolutely. That yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying he won't cut it at Celtic. No, no, by any stretch. That's too too soon to judge uh, guys like that. But I, I don't get. 
as excited when you, you see us bringing guys like Kenny and Scales and all that in because yeah. my first my first feeling is these guys are going to come in, they'll be talked up, they're going to be they're for the future and then it just doesn't happen and then we have to bring other guys in for the here and now, further down the line when you would have expected guys like that to be featured yeah. in the team but they've just went elsewhere. I don't know, it's, it's it's just one of the things that happens in football. It's not just at our club. Another thing as well, I find quite baffling, Celtic's track record from pl- sending players to Maryland isn't quite good at the minute. I mean, Luke O'Connell doesn't get a look in. Jonathan Afalabi, striker, <coughs> he's 21 now. He's been on, I think he's on loan to Ur in, Ur in the, the championship. Doesn't get a look in. And then we had John Joe Kenny, the most boring right back I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Just absolutely atrocious. But hopefully this Kenny comes and proves us all wrong and as you said yes by all counts a project player but getting them kind of games against Alaba we might, we might see a player in there I mean by all counts he's scored some cracking goals do you know what I mean some belting goals so Aye, I, I think he's got a bit of turn of pace in that as well eh? but I mean you look at like when we brought Clamalla and guys like that in as well it's, it's the same story we actually paid quite a bit of money for him I think yeah, three million uh, quid he he came in. He, he played in the Scottish Cup tie. I think that was his debut. Can't remember who it was against. It was a way a way tie against a, a a lower team. I can't remember. But that game, like it's all right for me to say in hindsight now. But after that game, I was like, nah, this this guy's not going to be good enough. You just know right away that sometimes, and he was just one of the guys. It's, every club makes signings like that and that don't work. But if you get sixty, seventy percent of them right, then you're going to be successful. Hopefully, some sort like see some clubs will pay like thirty million for a project player. You can only imagine Celtic being that kind of territory. We have a fool if we pay that kind of money for a project player. <laughs> be, be insane. <laughs> but I mean, you, you look at the likes of Kenny, and then I do, I do hope he, he proves it because we've had some luck with project players before, like if Monyama for Dyke came in as a kind of project player and went on for big money. I'm not trying to. Sell Kenny by, by all means here. Like I'm just saying, that's kind of my hopes for him. <laughs> so here's hoping for the boy. But, but before we move on from signings and obviously comebacks, what's your opinion on James Forrest? Where does he land all this? Because for me, he's a he's a Celtic legend. There's still people out there who still don't really read him. I think he's fantastic, and it baffles me how Forrest gets half the grief that he does. And but just looking at the signings, Ross, it looks like he might not be first choice. If you know what I mean. Well. He might not be first choice, but it's, it's up to him. If James Forrest gets fit, like 100% fit, and is firing and playing to the top level of James Forrest, then he can absolutely get in that team because... Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I, I think he's a tremendous player. and I've, like, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I don't understand. When he was younger, like sometimes he did go missing in games. He was coming up, he was growing up, he was learning his trade, and then in his peak years, he's he's almost at the other side of him now, touching 30, I think he maybe is 30, but in his peak years for Celtic, he has been nothing short of outstanding, and his peak years were the Rodgers era, going on to the (laughs) Neil Lennon early part of it. Uh, even the, the first <laughs> part of Neil Lennon's <laughs> era, aye, aye, early part of it. But even, even like, 
I just think he's been outstanding in his peak years for Celtic and he, he couldn't have done any more. Uh, and he's come up with big goals, left, right and centre. Uh, winners in Celtic and Rangers games. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak highly enough of James Forrest. And if, if he gets fully fit and firing on all cylinders, then whoever wants to get into that right side of the front three, they've got a fight in their hands. Oh yeah, 100%. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I'm just basically going off the kind of facts that the same way play on the left for, that was mainly for his old club and then Jada can play on the right and then Kogo for the middle. That's where I think Celtic will line up when they have them free available. But as yeah. you said, James Forrest on his day when he's bang on it, he's unplayable. Like, so he'll be, he can get in that team no problem if he wants to. I'm just coming at it from an angle, Ross, of where you can see maybe Forrest not playing the role that he has done for Celtic in previous years. But then you can you can sort of expect that because he's like that's some thirty yeah. now, so they maybe still uh, they maybe will start to like reduce his like amount of games that he's playing, mm-hmm. and we've got that depth now in that front three that we can rotate it and we can we can start with uh, Jota, Kyle, going Maeda, maybe sixty minutes into the game you can give these guys a rest. Even if the game isn't completely won and they look tired, you can bring Forrest on. You're not losing any if you're bringing James Forrest on, he's fully fat. Do you know what no, I mean? He's no. he's gonna he's still gonna keep the team there where alongside yeah. where it was. So even if he isn't starting every game, which you don't expect, he's still a guy that's gonna be in the squad and he's he's it's just gonna be great. it's a great option. Because he's like he's a top quality player, and if that if you're going to have a top quality player, not in your starting eleven, but he's on the bench to come on. That only bodes well for for Celtic and going forward. Yeah, and obviously as well today it was announced that the five sub limits back. So again, that's going to be good for Postecoglou and Celtic going forward. But touch upon one guy you talked about at the start there, <coughs> Megan Nicholson, the the man behind the scenes for us, the guy who hasn't said a peep to the Celtic fans. Has they even actually come out and give a like a statement as they usually do with the players who signed? Usually get the chairman kind of saying something or chief executive, whoever it may be. But by all accounts, Ross, he's back in hands. He's 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 doing the, these deals. But one thing I thought was interesting from you, you brought it up. They're not quite expensive deals. They're not like five or six million for each player. I think in total, the three Japanese lads add up to about five and a half million. So mm-hmm. it's not a massive outlay. By, by all accounts, but he's still getting backed. I've heard a few people Aye. going, what if they're doing this in terms of they're backing him? If the players fail, then they can turn around and say it was Postacoglu's idea to bring these guys in. That's being a cynic, like you said at the start of the show. But you do have to think about it from all angles with the Celtic board. And I know I'm looking at Twitter now, there's, there's praise, there's people saying, well done, Celtic. <laughs> but you still can't escape the fact that they're still, in my opinion, they're bored to treat the fans in contempt, and that's always the case for me. Aye, aye, they they do. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. And the 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 way Ange's got the team playing is sort of gave them a a, a reprieve, if you like, for the fans yep. to an extent. Obviously, we had the um, protests with the I forget the guy's name that was going to be coming in. Uh, Higgins. Bernard Higgins. Aye, obviously had all that fiasco, but other than that, there's not been as much thing way on the board. If if, if Angie came in, Celtic were playing terrible, it'd be protests and that outside. Why are you getting this guy or the rest of it? But yeah. if the team's playing well in the park, 
the fans don't get his thing with, but there's absolutely no doubt about it. The board, there's still questions with the board, but you sort of alluded to, like, we've spoke about, like, it's not a big outlay for these players, but you can't really say anything about Michael Nicholson or the board on that front, because it's evident that Ange has asked for these players, and if that's what the going rate is for these players, then they're not going to pay over the odds, just so they can say, oh, we we paid six, seven million for this guy, when mm-hmm. that that's no what what the price tag is for them. So you can only pay whatever it is that the price tag's going to be. And if the, it looks like they've, on the face of it, they've negotiated good deals. So you you can't really say anything bad about them in that sense. What way? Like, it's so different for me <clears> from. <throat> The Dominic Mackay thing because he wanted to be front and centre with the fans. He was ringing supporters who had season tickets, ringing old fans, making sure they're okay, all this kind of thing, organising the media press conferences, albeit they've stayed on, which is great. The fans get access to that. I've noticed the, the one naked up session that we've done, there's been never ever any other thing near that at the start of the season. And then you've got Nicholson coming in, kind of a silent character. He hasn't said much or, or if anything at all. What way would you want your, your, your chief executive to be? Because I'm of the opinion, yes, they shouldn't be too involved in everyday matters and giving statements about this, that, and everything, bus timetables, the Glasgow City Centre, you know what I mean, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> you, you do want them to come out and say something. I was expecting a wee statement here and there about the silence that would come in from them, but there, there's been nothing. It's been re- literally radio silence. What, what way would you expect the chief executive to run Celtic in terms of, in the public eye or just private? What, what do you prefer? Um... Well, I mean, I've I've been on this podcast saying that I, I really loved, it was refreshing when Mackay came in and he'd done all this uh, fan media things and stuff like that, but, and like the mic'd up session with Ange, but if they didn't do another, I loved that, I, re- I really enjoyed watching it, but if they didn't do another one, I wouldn't be totally upset. I think, mm. I, I don't think that Dominic Mackay was too out there, not for one second. Michael Nicholson, like you've said, I think he probably could have slightly more engagement, but maybe that's not his character. We don't know. You, you would like a, a sort of happy medium. Eh? Mm-hmm. But if that's Michael Nicholson's character and he doesn't want to be front and centre, fair enough. As long as he's doing the job in the background, which he seems to be at the moment, again, for the outside looking in, no privy to what goes on in the board, but for the outside looking in... It, he looks to be doing his job and put it this way, if I'm not hearing from him and Celtic are doing the business on the park, then I'm not too fussed. But yeah. then I, I think like most fans, if the, if things aren't going well in the park and you're not hearing from him, then questions start to be asked. So it's it's catch twenty two. Yeah, and a hundred percent is. And another thing that Pastor Cogley said about Nicholson that he's He's brilliant to work with. And one thing he said in this press conference today, Ross said he doesn't lie, so we'll have to take him a face value for that. And I give you the topic list of what we're speaking about, and I have on it, there's more signings to come, and Pastor Cogley well and truly slapped that down. And as this press conference, he said anyone who's saying that or telling lies, so we're, we're not saying that. Aye, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, latest, the latest player we were linked to was Riley McGree. I convinced myself it was Riley McGee for some reason, but it's Riley McGree. There was a fee agreed with Charlotte, the team in the MLS. Middlesbrough got involved. Apparently, they offered a couple of million extra, and then they offered him £20,000 a week in wages. Obviously, this is all hearsay. His head's been turned. Do you think, Ross, this shows... Now, my angle at this 
isn't isn't obvious, but it's what other people would think and stuff like that. So it's an argument to put out there. Do you think this shows that the lack of pulling part of Celtic have as a club that Middlesbrough are getting in ahead of us getting the player, albeit no one really heard of him, but Posta called to confirm today that Celtic were interested? Or is it just a straight fact of money's made this guy, but like I'm going here instead instead of football matters? Uh, it's for me, it's it's money solely money. I, I don't think you can ever question Celtic's pulling power over Middlesbrough. No, no. What what I meant was obviously no. I don't know. Certain well, people think that Championship's better standard. Why would you go to the backwater league, the SPL, when you could potentially get to their Premier League in a year or two if you play well in the Championship? <laughs> That's where I'm coming from when right. I say. I'm not for one second saying Middlesbrough have more pulling power than Celtic Football Club. Come on, but I'm just putting no, that argument no, out there for people who. No, would. no, I, I know you weren't saying that, by the way. Uh, but I think, <clears throat> I think it all depends on the player and what what they want. It looks to me that McGree is looking for the money, which is fair enough. That's his prerogative if he wants to do that. I think it all comes comes down to what the players' needs are. If if the player wants to be successful, win trophies, play in Europe, then he's going to choose Celtic. But if he wants to make a quick buck, which is fair enough, it's a short career, then he's going to choose Middlesbrough, who have offered more money. Celtic are evidently, we all know, a bigger club than Middlesbrough, but mm-hmm. financially they can't quite compete. And sometimes that's what happens. But if a guy like McGree wants to choose to go and play sort of mid to pushing for a playoff place team like Middlesbrough in the championship over coming to Celtic and trying to win trophies and play under a manager who he knows well if he decides mm-hmm. to go with Middlesbrough over that then he, he he's no for us he's no the, the player that we want and I mean I didn't know a lot about him I wasn't overly excited but Again, it looked like an Ange choice, so I was happy to trust that he was going to do a job for us. But now that he looks not to be coming, I'm not overly fussed and I'll know there's any sleep over it. I mean, I'm not fussed either. I'm, I really don't give a shit, to be honest. I, I've never heard <laughs> of the player. I, I never heard about the player before he was linked to Celtic. There was no, obviously, sometimes you would see like wonder kids here and there, names prop up on Twitter and stuff like that, but I never ever once seen Riley McGree and that's no disrespect to him. It's not sour grapes because he picked Middlesbrough for Celtic. I'm just saying it was a transfer if it happened. I'll be happy if it didn't. I'll be just the same as I am now. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the way that one was for me. But I think you're 100% the point out. The finances, as we all know in English football, championship, league one level for certain SPFL clubs is too much in terms of trying to compete with it. So that's another thing that we'll have to kind of be aware of regarding the whole kind of conception around wages I think Celtic offered him 10 grand a week and for a player who probably isn't going to be guaranteed starts if you're looking at that from a financial point of view and he's getting 20 you're going to be like there's no way we're offering you that <laughs> there, 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 there's not a hope but as Anne's possible you said there'll be 20 names coming out tomorrow and it's all lies so I'm not even going to band about the names I had on <laughs> so as of now the possible confirmed that Celtic aren't actively looking to do any business only if something extraordinary becomes available so we'll obviously keep an eye on it but We'll move on to who needs shipped out, Ross. We've seen Ewan Henderson, he's left on loan to Hibs with, basically they've signed him on a free contract when his contract runs out. Shaw's on loan to Motherwell. I'm sure there's a few others I'm missing here, but obviously the more glaring ones are the likes of Barkas, Ayeti, even Maggie Johnson, get him a loan out. 
who do you think needs needs to be off the weeds, Bill? Well, as much as I'm not a fan of Barkas, I don't think this window is the time to ship him out, purely because I don't think we'll get another goalie in in this window. And, I mean, you've seen it already. It might happen again. If we get caught out with COVID, yeah. then yeah. we're going to need somebody like that in the squad. We're going to need... You can't go... With three, I can't mind to the fourth choice. Hazard still floating about. Well, there's but, there's um, Joe Hart, Scapian, Hazard, and Barkas, and then the English goalkeeper Uwalami. Aye, aye, that's the one. Yeah. I couldn't mind his name, yeah. but I, I think you're going to need to keep Barkas in this window purely, like I've said, because you, I don't think you're going to get another keeper in in this window. Um, I think. Let me think. Uh, I, I think we could probably. Get Bolly off the wage bill. Yep. Um, it's funny. They... Remember, remember at the start of the season, we all thought maybe Bob and Golly would have another chance at left back. <laughs> we were all discussing it. I, I fucking uh, did, me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh, I know you did. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I, I would probably, again, you only. You can only do it if somebody wants to buy them. But if somebody came in and it was a decent offer, then Bolly, I, I would let him go. Uh, a Yeti, again, we've touched on enough times in this podcast tonight about the options we've got up front. Mm-hmm. You've got Giacomacus as well. Do you know what I mean? Per- so yeah. yep. he, he's coming back. He's back in training and stuff. So uh, I think we could quite easily lo- lose a Yeti and wouldn't he really notice uh, uh, and it, again if we can get a decent we will know obviously make the five million pound back that we shelled out on him but if we can get one well, or two we'll need to pay someone five million quid to take him aye well <laughs> there's that but I mean that's another guy that you could lose uh, you look at Sorrow I'm not I'm not sure selling him would be the right option maybe putting him out on loan you would keep you, you could put him out in loan, but then I don't know, would it benefit him? What is he, 22, 23 now? I'm not sure it would benefit him. Uh, Sorrow, I mean, he was one of the bright sparks in Lanny's kind of disaster period as Celtic manager. And what it looks like to me is, I don't know about you, but do you ever see them films and they have the good angel and the bad, the devil on this side? Aye. It's like he's listening to all these things. He's just running about the fence going crazy. But see, Aye. see if he see if he settled down and he played that like kind of enforcer role. I think he'd be perfect. I, I really do. I, I don't know, man. I, I I think that for that role you're you're talking about, I think that Beaton is a better option there. I think. Aye, yeah. Pos- yes, nah, yeah, like, yeah. McCarthy is possibly in front of him as well. I, I just think sometimes he's. I've said it before. He's he's he lacks discipline. He's a bit of a headless chicken. Yeah. He's fully like, what's the word? I can't even get the. He's 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 fully beans eye, and he's desperate to impress. Yeah. There's a word I'm looking for, but it escapes me. But he's, enthusiasm. He, that's the word. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Stephen. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has though. He's fully enthusiasm. He wants. He wants to do well and he tries sometimes tries too hard and he's so susceptible to a booking all the time. I actually uh, 
there, there was a rumour that he was maybe going to the M- MLS. And yeah, I've seen that. I read, I read that somebody had commented on it saying, he'll get a yellow card before he gets a green card. I thought that was a belter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. But, uh, I, I, as I say, I'm not sure at his age a loan spell would benefit him or benefit us if he came back again. <sighs> I'm reluctant to say I would sell him because you can see slight potential there at times, but I think there's a lot of players ahead of him at the minute. So if they yeah. did sell him, I wouldn't be, again, too upset. We could maybe ring Middlesbrough and ask him for Ryan McGree and we'll give him sorrow. Yeah, maybe he thought he was better than McGree. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is indeed, but... Hopefully we will find it out, but as you said, it looks like at the moment in the packing order type of things, he's way down. And I've seen it was the the, the team the team Patrick Kamala's at are interested in sorrow. So if there's any kind of speculation around that, then maybe it's nailed on to happen because he went pretty quickly. Kamala one day was there, one day was away over right. to New York. And speaking about him, the, the best goal I ever seen him score. Remember McDermott Park when he got pushed down and got back up and finished at the top corner. Brilliant. That was a brilliant finish. That was pretty right. good. But I mean, I scored me, one like that at five sides one time, but I'm still shy. You just had to do that, didn't you? <laughs> Compare yourself to professional footballer. Come on, <laughs> but like, in terms of, I don't see anyone banning Eddie. I really don't. Maybe an option to buy alone because who's going to put their trust in spending two million on a player who hasn't done anything for a year and a half? Albeit, I'm saying this, and I've actually praised him in another podcast because in the European game, when he played, was it Batiste? Would it be now? Or Leverkusen? One or the other. He played really well. I thought yeah, he held the, Batiste, the yeah. uh, He held the ball up well until he went off injured. There is a player there, but it's just one of these things that certain players come to Celtic and it just goes to shit for them. And, and it's bad to see. Barkas, as I said before, a Greek number one, <laughs> winning leagues right. in, in Greece, playing in the Champions League and couldn't catch a cold playing for Celtic. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's craziness. But again, it's. January, what, what date are we on at the moment of, of recording? The third team, so kind of a long way to go. We'll see what happens from from here until the end of the month. But one thing that we're all looking forward to is Celtic Football Club playing again against Hibs. And another big announcement came out that this week that crowds are back and full capacity is allowed back after the, the shit show that they plucked the 500 number out with no sense, no data behind it. But <coughs> we're allowed fans back in. This is the reason the winter break was brought forward, not for any other shit reason that people are floating about from certain clubs. Mm-hmm. It's just great that the, the green light's been given to fans, isn't it? Aye, it's it's brilliant. One word comes to mind, and it's vindicated, and yeah. just like stick it to guys like Chris Boyd and stuff. And this <laughs> narrative getting painted that we we were only doing it because we had injuries. I mean, don't get me wrong, right? It is going to benefit us with us getting players back, but that's not why Celtic done it. Celtic voted the same as the other 10 clubs for to do it, for to give the fans the best chance possible to get in and see their team playing. I mean, these fans have paid for a product and they deserve to have every opportunity to be able to see the product that they've paid for. And bringing the winter break forward was the best and only option to, yep. to do and I, I can sort of understand 
to an extent why Ross County done it because you look at them and they probably didn't get that many fans and then they, I think they were on a bit of a run so they were they probably think they're saying, well, it doesn't really make a great deal of difference to us but what's their what's their average gate they think about 250, 300? Well, that's, being so, that's being disrespectful. Like, I, know, I know. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, to be honest with you, but, I mean, they they don't pack that stadium and it's not a, a, yeah. a big stadium anyway. But, like, for Rangers, like, for me, they, they've they never accepted, like, they, they went to the wall and it's everybody else's fault except theirs. And mm-hmm. it was everybody else's fault that they went down the leagues, and they've not took responsibility for any of it, and they won't take responsibility for any of it. And now they've got this attitude: well, you voted us down. So a couple of seasons ago, when we voted to to like call the league, they weren't Aye. they weren't wanting to do it originally, and they weren't caring if any smaller clubs went to the wall because yep. they feel like everybody shut a name when it, actually their demise was their own doing and then it's the same with us hey, Ross, uh-huh. speaking of that don't mean to cut you up cut you off there but speaking of that i sent in a link to the group chat apparently according to their chief executive they spent a hundred million pounds last season heading towards winning that league the stop was doing like how that's not looked into is absolutely insane i, yeah. I, I just don't understand it all right I mean, I'm no an expert on all the numbers and financial side of things, but I, I mean, they, they that right down to this vote again, don't care about them, and no even right down to no even bothering about their own fans, and their own fans aren't even bothered that they're not getting in to see a product that they've paid for. Yeah, it's just. I noticed it that. baffles me. It absolutely baffles me that anybody can say that we voted for selfish reasons when I don't know what other way you could have voted. I can't actually believe that there wasn't a full quota of clubs voted for to bring it forward. Yeah, it just makes sense. Exactly. And if you care about the paying fan one iota and your own fans included, then that's what you do. But mm-hmm. they didn't. I but... I totally agree. I, I, I find it baffling how fans of, of, of some clubs were okay okay to accept <laughs> that they weren't going to get in, as you said, to see a product that they're paying 600, 700, whatever it may be, pounds for, for season tickets, and after yeah. the season being locked out previously. It's it's a bit baffling to me. Like, and at the Ross County put out a, a tweet saying, welcome home to their fans. They were going, what? What? Get, do you know what I mean? Like, after you floating, floating down to kind of find the postpone the league. But again... Aye. We know they, that they, Celtic... they want sorry Stephen. Um, they 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 wanted to play a depleted Celtic. They didn't care about mm-hmm. getting into the stadium. They wanted to play a depleted mm-hmm. Celtic so they could try and ex- extend their uh, lead that they have in the league. For me, that's yeah. the only reason. I, I I totally get that, and they might have their chance here with these World Cup qualifiers, Ross. Uh, so let's not count the tickets too soon. Exactly. One thing we will be certain. Celtic Park Paradise will be sold out under the lights. 7.45 kickoff Monday, 17th. A game that I'm really looking forward to. Hibs have went through a mini change, a big change actually, change the manager of themselves. Sean Maloney's come in. I really do wish he does well there because 
working under Martinez at number two for Belgium. He must have picked up some fantastic coaching experience, World Cups, Euros, that type of thing. So good pedigree. They've signed some players. Harry Clark, funny enough, from Ross County, he was on loan to Arsenal. They've took that loan over and they're keeping him for 18 months. They signed a Belgian under 21 international. His name is escaping me. Um, Ewan Henderson, he won't be able to play against us, but he's building something there. and He has a style of play that he's already spoke about. He wants to be on the front foot. Coming to Celtic Park, Sean only for Jan, so it could be tasty, couldn't it? Oh, it'll not be an easy game by any stretch. Uh, the only thing that it looks, like you've said there, that Maloney's teams, are they're going to try and be on the front foot. So we have to be wary of that. But then at the same time, that style of team play more into the, our hands. Yeah, maybe want to play. Hands, it's harder yeah. for us to break a team down that's patting their own box. So at home under the lights, you've got to fancies. You've got to fancies in any SPL game every time going into it. But uh, under the lights, I fancy is to to get the result and. It's, it's massive for me because we play on Monday. If we get it to three points, Rangers mm-hmm. go to Pataudry on the Tuesday night. Yep, yep. I'm not saying that they won't win, but it, it just puts the pressure on. It's three. It's down to three points. That's the first question, like I've said before, that we have to ask them. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we can't afford to drop any more points, Ross, and that's quite evident. I, I really, I, I believed in that run up to Christmas, we couldn't drop any points, but it's a situation we find ourselves in. Hopefully, fixtures favour Celtic. Pataudry, I mean, I always thought for years, Rangers and Aberdeen games were basically a no-brainer. You knew who was going to win nine times out of ten, unless there was a freak accident or something went wrong. Referees making the wrong call, Aberdeen getting yeah. the game in the end, but you never know. I mean... <clears throat> one player there's always big hype around in transfer windows is Martin Boyle Ross and I want to touch upon him now Hibs are making him valuation at 3 million quid he's 29 and no disrespect this is not ageism but going by wingers as you touched upon Forrest they will decline their pace will go <clears throat> Celtic are linked with him Postal Cogley knows him well from the, the national team me personally 3 million pounds absolutely no chance I'd pay that for him I would only take him to Celtic as a squad player potentially, do you know what I mean? Not even the first team player. I don't think there's anything special about him at all. He's, I guess he, he destroyed Rangers, fair play, but 15 goals this season, another good return, but I'm, I'm probably contradicting myself. I just don't see anything that makes me go, wow, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm in the same boat as you, I have to say. Um, at, like you've said, at 29, £3 million. Pound. I don't even think I would have paid £3 million pound for Martin Boyle at 25 um, he was a done uh, day. Wanted to get in the game. He, he's a decent player, and like you've said, he did take Rangers to shreds in the semi-final. But it's only one game. It, yeah. He's not going to be. He could be a, a squad player, but do we really need him at this moment in time? Yeah. When we look at the options we've already touched upon for the top half of the park, he's not going to play in the midfield three. He's going to be part of the front three, and. He's well, he'd be well down the pecking order. And for to shell out £3 million for somebody that's well down the pecking order and would p- probably feature as much as the young fella Kenny that we've just signed. Yeah. £3 million? Uh, nah, no for me. No, I think that's too high too high a price tag for somebody that's not going to be featuring that much. And for me, with Martin, 
Martin Boyle want to come knowing that that would be the case? Exactly. Exactly. I think there was a, a Saudi Arabian club that offered him a million and a half a year. <laughs> so if he wants to go right. into the sunshine, then take that opportunity. That's what I would say to him. I don't think, as you mm-hmm. said, we don't need that kind of outlay. Three million pounds, we don't we don't need to spend that in a squad player. And one player that slipped under the radar, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the Hibs or Celtic, but he's back in Scottish football, Ross, and that's Nadir Shifty. The, the guy oh, who scored the, the first competitive goal under the Rogers era. He's back in Scottish football. <laughs> what do you think about him? Where did he go? Was it Motherwell? St. Johnson. No, St. Johnson. St. Johnson, no. Uh, I, I thought he looked a really good player when he was at Dundee United. He was strong, yeah. held the ball up well, he had a finish. Uh, just didn't work out for him at Celtic. I, I, I was happy. No, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't ecstatic when Celtic signed him. Mm. But I thought he could be a decent signing. And he, he always had played well against Celtic, always caused his problems. So I thought maybe it could be a good signing, but it, it just didn't work out for him. It's just... Yeah. One of the hangs. The number seven jersey weighed heavy on his oh, shoulders, definitely. I can't believe they gave him the number seven jersey. <laughs> perfectly, honestly. And then I can't believe they give. I can't believe they give Jamaica uh, the number seven. They should hold that, that for special players like Kyogo. Do you know what I mean? Larson all wore that shirt, but that's another debate for a different podcast. We'll go on to score and lineup predictions. I was going to say, come to yourself first. We want this on with me. Oh, <laughs> by the way, by the way. What? You're not last. <laughs> uh, well, technically, I'm, well, I'm first and last. Add <laughs> a push, add a push. But give us your, your line-up prediction first, followed by your score. Uh, so, line-up, I think, uh, obviously, be heart and goals. Um, probably, I think he might go Ralston at right-back. No, in fact, no, no, I've changed my mind, because we're at home. I think he'll go Juranovic. Uh, uh, Carter Vickers I think he'll probably pick Starfield but personally I would go Welsh uh, and then on the left Greg Taylor mm-hmm. midfield three Rogic McGregor possibly Beaton possibly Beaton I think he'll go Beaton uh, and bring bring Hatate off the bench maybe and then up front uh, your front three would be, I think he'll start Maeda, Kyogo, and... Kyogo's injured. Is he? Yep, Is he still he's out? out for a while. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. well, scrap that then. Um, that'll probably be Maeda, uh, Abada, and... I can't think... <laughs> Uh, who else is there? <laughs> We've just I, talked I, about. I was going. I was going to put Johnson on the left. Ah, uh, it could be Mikey Johnson now. Uh, yeah. Who? Well, Jot is no fit. For is no, Forrest fit? I don't think he's going to risk him from the start. No, no. I, I don't see it. Ah, uh, he might go Mikey Johnson, Maeda, and Abada. Yeah. I, I, I was. I wasn't a hundred percent sure who was all fit and who wasn't fit. So I was kind of struggling there towards the end. <laughs> it's hard. I didn't realise. I didn't realise Kyogo wasn't he? Wasn't he fat? I thought he he's still, he, okay. He's still out. Apparently, he. I think it's what four weeks from when he was injured, and obviously re, re, rehabilitation and training again. So you're probably right. talking twentieth, like after January, kind of end of January type t- time frame there. But what about your score? Um, three one Celtic. Nice. I'll go Joe Hart. Uh, Juranovic, Carter Vickers, Starfeld, Taylor, McGregor, Hatate, 
Rosic, Abada, Mieda, and Jansen. I think that's a yeah. lethal thing. And that, the front three is still borderline second choice, so pretty yeah. frightening when, when you look mm-hmm. at that. As you said, the squad depth is there for see, for people to see now. I'm going to go... I'll go five. I'll go five one Celtic. Oh, five one. Five Johnston Hattrick. I if he lasts the whole game. No, but really? um, I feel as if we're due a big win. I, I, when do you know what I mean we had them six mm-hmm. nils at early part of the season, you see it clicking here and then, and once it does click, as we always say, we're we're unstoppable, especially in Scottish football. I just feel under lights Monday evening. A weird time for a football game, especially in Scotland. I can see it being an absolute cracker, and hopefully five one to Celtic. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Well, yeah. I, I would take that all day long. <laughs> and I know, like, we, we finish these shows with a quiz, and I've realised when we do like a duo type segment, we don't really finish with anything. So this is me putting you on the spot here, oh, so right. you can take you can take all the time you want for it. Give me your ultimate Celtic. Five aside team from two thousand onwards. Oh, for God's sake! Um, Arthur Boric and goals over Big Fraser, or no? Um, aye, aye, good choice. Aye, uh, so Boric and goals um, for two thousand onwards. Yeah, swap to um, that. Right, let's go, Big Bobo. Uh, and then don't know <laughs> Larson up front definitely uh, what have I got there three five three so need two more uh, Libo and Petrov you'll come off this and you'll be like I should have said him. Should have said him. Aye. I mean, I know. the most blatant, the most blatant one you're missing there for me is Big Van Dyke. Don't know how he didn't get in. Uh, I just think Big Bobo in a five-a-side park, you're not getting by him. He'll take you out, and no. then you've got a bit of flair eh, with Lubo and Petrov, Petrov end to end, box to box. Yeah. Lubo and Larson, Lubo a bit of flair, and then open spaces for Larson to. Eh? finish it Maybe. love it love it <laughs> and as we said this is our first normal podcast of the year we we were actually both nervous before we've done this but I think we've done alright Ross have you enjoyed this one I, I have really enjoyed it I like you say we were a bit we, I think it was just because we had such a long break and uh, like there's no games and stuff so you're just trying yeah. to like build up to the the, game, uh, the upcoming game and stuff but uh, it's, it's ended up alright we enjoyed it yeah, 100%. And obviously for people on YouTube, Spotify, whatever platform, check out our Ross McCall interview, the, the Chase Hogden Bay special, all fantastic episodes, one's not to miss. And until we speak again, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>